On today's podcast, I'm extremely excited to have special guest, Errol Dobler. Errol is a graduate of the United States Naval Academy. He's a former Navy SEAL, former FBI special agent, combat veteran, a Wim Hof method instructor, author, and founder of leadership consulting company, Leader193. We're going to dive into the process in problem solving and how great leaders problem solve. Have a listen. Welcome to your Hidden Edge podcast, where there's a belief that each and every one of us has a hidden edge, one that could unlock that next level of success in any area of life. Unfortunately, that edge is hidden, tucked away and buried deep underneath layers and layers. In this podcast, we'll uncover the hidden edge of high-performance leaders, executives, athletes, coaches, and authors to open your mind and stretch your frame of reality. If you know you want more, can do more, and be more, then this is the right podcast for you. Let's uncover your hidden edge. Welcome to the show. I am extremely, extremely excited to have Errol Dobler on the show. Errol, welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff. How are you? It's a pleasure to be here. I am fantastic. I know we're going to have an action-packed energy filled conversation. We're going to dive in, uh, but let's, let's start with a little bit of your background for new people to the show who mm-hmm. don't know about Errol. Could you share a little history on your backstory? Yeah. You know, the highlights are, are pretty simple and the, the things that people care about. I was a Naval Academy graduate, uh, went to the surface fleet, was uh, on a ship for a few years, laterally transferred over to the SEAL teams where I served at SEAL team four and SEAL team one got injured on deployment, medically discharged, which was a bummer at the time because I really, I was going to stay in uh, for, you know, my entire career. Spent about three years in the private sector, licking my wounds and had a, had a uh, business meeting, a sales meeting on, on September 11th, 2001, downtown in New York City. So I was there for 9-11, uh, lost my brother-in-law and that, like a lot of people, changed the trajectory of my life because I was enjoying the private sector just fine. So I put, got myself medically cleared, uh, which is a story in and of itself, and uh, joined the FBI and then spent the next 13 years working uh, international terrorism all over the world and got a little frustrated with the leadership at the FBI and decided it was time to venture out on my own. So I started Leader 193, my leadership consulting company. And that gets us right now to our present moment. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank you. 20, 20 plus years right there in 30 seconds. And a quick little synopsis. <laughs> Love it. And uh, Errol and I go back a couple of years. He's done some mm-hmm. Wim Hof sessions when I used to be a gym owner. He's done them at the house here with a, a group of men that I was leading. So uh, it's going to be a, a great discussion. So let's get right into your hidden edge. And, and your hidden edge is you know, the process and problem solving. And I, I'd love to dive into one, what that process look like, looks like, and then how have you applied it in a real world example and really get into the nuts and bolts of it. So I'll let you uh, kind of open up. Yeah. So the, you know, for, I help people with leadership and I help individuals, individual contributors. And the basic premise that I give to people is in my view, obviously, Leadership is problem solving. And, you know, great leadership is problem solving in the most dire situations. And so given the fact that I have a pretty unique background in some very dangerous situations as a SEAL and an FBI agent, and, you know, I was uh, 
attached to the 75th Ranger Regiment for combat operations in Afghanistan. The idea is understanding that everything is a challenge. Everything's a problem to solve. And it could be small and it could be massive. But what I kind of developed was the idea that no matter how big the problem is, no matter the depth of the problem, the severity of the problem, you still have the same process to go through. And if you're aware of the elements of the process, you're going to start making more conscious, more clear decisions. Okay, so what is that process, right? You walk into a room, there's somebody you don't like, okay? You've got now a challenge, a problem to solve. There is a trigger, that person. There's an emotion that is driven by that trigger, anger, angst, whatever it might be. You have a set of behaviors that you fall back on that you probably don't even realize what they are, okay? And however ill-conceived in your head, you are formulating a plan on how to solve this problem. And then you reflect, you'll, you will reflect back. I liked what happened. I didn't like what happened. I make excuses for myself. So whether you know it or not, that process happens every time. Okay. So when we talk about a hidden edge, I feel like if I can walk into any situation, any problem, anything to be solved. Okay. And I can do it the same way every time. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty unique. That makes it easier for me to look at a challenge and solve it. So I have a trigger. We can't help the triggers that come into our life. Okay. We can't help the emotion that they drive. But as soon as I can recognize the emotion and say, wow, uh, you know, again, I'm walking into a room and there's that person I have a real problem with and I've got with, and I've got some anger, recognize the anger. What's an established behavior that I usually fall back on when I'm angry. It's usually attack. Okay, I don't like that. That's not going to work here. That has not served me well. So now let me establish a behavior, maybe for myself overall, or even in this situation. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be friendly. That's an established behavior. And that's the behavior I'm going to work on. And then I'm going to have a plan. What is my mission? My mission is to get out of this thing without getting into an argument with this guy like I always do. What actions will I take? I'll nod politely. Say, how are you? What happens if he decides to want to engage me? I'll walk away. Whatever it is, right? And then I'll reflect. Did I like what happened? And I can go back to each one of those spots and determine whether or not I like the way I did it or not. Right? I can look at the result and say, I like that result. Good. These were good established behaviors. I recognized that emotion. And then I had a good plan to get out of them. So I, that's kind of what my thing is, right? And there's a lot, obviously, inside of it. But, it, you know, at its core, it's a process in problem solving, you know, how to fire, how to hire, how to expand your business, how to shrink your business, right? What, how do we deal with a with the recession? Oh, there's a boom. How do we take advantage of it? It's all the same process. Gotcha. Okay. So that process, automatic for so many people, right? It, yep. it automatically happens. And I'm sure in your history, it was automatically happening for you. Where did... What point did you kind of discover, hey, this is a key, this is an edge that you discovered personally, and now you wanted to apply it to leadership, yep. to your coaching business? Yep. So what I had to do when I started Leader 193, I generally, right, you're starting your thing, and okay, it's going to be leadership. What do I believe? You've got to lay it out. Right? You've got to be able to lay it out and articulate it, and it's got to make sense. 
And it's a lot harder than you think, right? Because you do things, so many things intuitively. Right. So I look back and I said, okay, I've had some good successes, but I've had some real failures too. Let me, let me compare and contrast. What was I doing? What was I thinking? What was my state of mind when I made it through buds, when I would remain calm under fire, right? What, you know, what was happening? Or on the long haul, I was, you know, working a long uh, terrorism case and just staying consistent, right? What was I doing? And what, what happened those times where I almost got thrown out of the Navy because of my behavior, right? And things like that. And what I came back to was when things went right, I could literally think back and remember saying, okay, you're scared right now. It's okay. How do we want to, you know, how are we going to work this? Or God, I'm exhausted now. This case is going on forever, but that's okay. You know, boredom or not boredom, exhaustion. It's not really an emotion, but it makes you feel a certain way. Right. Okay, that's how I'm feeling, but I've got to still do these things. Whereas when I would just do something stupid, I never had that. I could never think back and go, I remember what I did. I just acted. I can't ever recall having some conscious thought about it. And that's, that's where it was, right? So I literally had to go back, break down, all of those things that I had ever done that were good and bad, see the similarities, find the pattern. I was like, whoa, there it is. That's the pattern. And now I can apply it, you know, to my personal life, which I do, and it's mm-hmm. not random. And then, of course, this is really, these are the elements of the process that I share with my clients. And it sounds like through that self-discovery and that, what what a tremendous gift that is if we can mm-hmm. sit and do that as human beings. And too often we're go, go, going, we're busy, busy, busy. We're going on to the next, to the yep. next. We don't, I don't think as a society very much at all sit, reflect and say, Hey, what worked? What didn't was the outcome? What I wanted? Was it not? What is the reason behind each of those? I don't, I don't see that happening many times from anybody. And I know, I have to put it down to, hey, have some self-reflection on the week because it can, it, life can just happen and it can fly by and you're not going to take that time to really reflect and get, get some valuable insights. Well, that's, and that's for sure. And, and the process part of it is important as well. Self-reflection is a good first start, mm-hmm. okay? But when we have process, when we understand the elements of what, what I just described and we don't like the outcome, right? Because I don't guarantee you're going to have the right outcome. Right. What I guarantee is you're going to make conscious decisions. And if you reflect then on the outcome of something that happened, a situation that you had to contend with and you didn't like how it went, you can now go back to each element, right? For the first one and go, you know what? I was afraid and I just acted on that fear. I retreated or I, or I, you know, I lashed out, whatever it was. And that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't establish what behavior I needed at that moment. Boom. That's why it went wrong. Okay. Now you can fix it the next time. So process, self-reflection is the first part. Mm-hmm. But if you can't figure out what's going on, <laughs> you know, that's going to be, it's going to be more challenging. Right. And so working with clients to uncover those aspects, build a process, I would assume it takes multiple reps of them. Really, they they're, they're have that trigger. They have that stimulus. 
Yep. And then they have the response and the key is stepping in between those two and having a process. Yep. So what's that look like when someone has that self-reflection? All right, I've got to put a process to this to be able to handle it, whether it's a small thing, like you said, or, yep. you know, I mean, you were in, in combat, a, a, a very stressful life on the line situation. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I'll speak to what I do with the clients, because this is what I believe it takes. And it's, mm -hmm. it's just the beginning. So we'll start that first week and they're required for one, for five business days to four times a day, log in an emotion they're having randomly during the day. They're having an emotion, just put it in there, right? Not at the end of the day, reflecting like, Oh, I'm supposed to put this in for arrow. I'm, I'm feeling bored whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Right. At the end of the week, we talk about, tell me how the week went, just identifying your emotions. The changes people already go through then is amazing. They're like, wow, I didn't realize how angry I got so often. And I got, I was able to catch myself a few times. We hadn't even gotten there yet. So now they're getting the habit of understanding the emotions. They're getting the habit of understanding the emotions that are prevalent to them. The next week I asked, Tell me what you do. Tell me the things you do because the things you do make up your culture. Now, it's kind of a nebulous thing, but there's going to be some consistent behaviors that you identify. If four times a day for a week, you identify for me, hey, I'm, you know, I, I'm procrastinating this task. I'm kind of ignoring the person who's talking to me. Whatever it is, those first two weeks, you have now established what your personal culture is. Okay. okay? And a lot of people don't like it. Okay. There's some things that are good, but sometimes they're like, wow, I didn't realize. Now we have a place to go back and say, now, how do we want to behave? What is there some established behaviors that we want? They're usually the opposite of the ones that you recognize that you don't like. Okay. But now that's a place for us to go and work. What I realize now is I need to be more patient. What I realize now, based on these last two weeks is I need to prioritize tasks whatever it is, you know, right. what, I, what I need to do now is be present when I'm talking to somebody, you know, no, 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 no micro or multitasking. So that's, that's the beginning of where people start to get that self-actualization, at least when I'm working with them. Gotcha. Okay. And that personal culture, I'm sure it's almost like looking in the mirror at times when they don't necessarily want to look at the mirror Yep. and what type of resistance have you encountered when they have those moments? It's, it's a difficult thing, challenging thing at times to yep. make those shifts. Right. So what are some of the steps for them to kind of practice or get into that? Well, the beauty of it is, is that all I do is present the process, right? okay. just like we talked about. Mm -hmm. And they're responsible for inputting this stuff into the app and I get to see their daily input. So I know if they're doing the work, right. Right. And all I do is give observations. Well, it says here, you're the one who wrote down, this is what you do. Walk me through it. So there's very little resistance in that case, because it's what they've observed about themselves. Now I might help that. I might have to help them draw the conclusion. Let's just say it's, you know, it's procrastination. Okay. Okay. And they're not, they're kind of walking through the things they did and like, well, I don't get it, you know, but this is what I did, Errol. And I'll say, okay, well, let's, let me break it down. So you said here that you spent 
30 minutes on Instagram in the middle of the day. What were you supposed to be doing? Oh, I had to work, right? Oh, and it says here, you know, you were cleaning your sock drawer. And it says here, I see lots of random things in the middle of the day. What do you call that? Right? So all I do, you know, and eventually right. they're going to have to, okay, I was procrastinating. I didn't say it. You said it. So from a resistance standpoint, they might not want to see what's right in front of their face. So then it's my job to point out the obvious based on what they did. Um, now that said, I've only had a few people, you, people come to work for, with me because they want to get better. Right. So right. there's, they're, they're at least willing they have that to principle. take that step. Right. To yep. say, okay, okay, you're right. Now I've had a few people who the company said, we're going to give them to you, do what you can with them. I say, all right, well, I can't, <laughs> I can't guarantee anything. If they don't want to work with me, I can right. guarantee there's probably not going to be a lot of success. So I have had a few people just resist it and refuse to see what's clearly there. At that point, I just do the best I can to continue to bring it through the process. And hopefully they maybe get it. But they don't always. But the people who want to, they do. No, that's a, I mean, that's a great point to bring up. You've, you've got to want to do it, right? Have you've to. got to want to get better personally and professionally. If you don't have that want, nope. it's, it's going to be you're climbing up uphill and it, it's just never going to happen. And, and that's a, a true point. You talk about process. And there was a story I heard recently from peak performance coach who was coaching a golfer and he basically took the golfer through his pre-shot routine, the process every single time. Yep. And he said, focus on the process, not the result. And the story was he was on the 18th, made a putt and everybody came running and, and the guy didn't even know he won the tournament because he was so in tune to the process right. that he didn't have anything else. So that was, that was an interesting story I heard recently. Well, and that's a, that's an amazing story. And that is somebody who truly bought into, I get it. This is a process I can get better. You know, we do at home, we do the same thing, right? So we, mm -hmm. you know, we've got three kids, we've got the two dogs, it's complete chaos right. at all times. And for me and my wife, you know, we've got a, We've got a chalkboard over there right now. We always establish a couple behaviors for us. And that one says, leave things better than you found them. And we've got you know, kitchen, home, family, relationship. That's our behavior based on, you know, and you have to keep reevaluating yourself. Yep. We need to, we need to start leaving things better than we found. Them, right. And that, that can mean anything. We, you know, we used to have one up that said, find work, right. You see something in the, in the, you know, uh, uh, dishes in the sink, find some work, go get them right. done, right? right? A little bit, whatever it is. So the behaviors can be anything, but they're usually applicable to what's going sideways in your life. No, I, I love that. And I love that overriding principle to the family, obviously two sons, things in the hitting their teen years, things are oh, yeah. a little chaotic, but they have a morning routine checklist that they go through and yep. they've got things that they're doing on a weekly basis. And they're starting off their day with a glass of water, a little exercise, a little breathing, a little gratitude journal. And then, you know, they're getting wins. And that's the foundation to cultivate, as it sounds like you're doing with, with your family as well, this learning and growth mindset of, yep. hey, we're, we're a family. And, and that's my hidden edge is my family, right? Is we're all connected together and we're all connected in this path towards growth. So love, yep. uh, love hearing that story. So let's get into, you know, great leaders yep. and how do they go about 
problem solving and what are some of the characteristics you've seen or experiences you've had that you can share with the audience? Yeah. You know, look, there's, there's a lot, right. And, and it, it, in my view, it always will come back to elements of this process, but what else does it do? So, you know, when we're in, um, you know, when we're in combat, right, that's always a good one, right. you know, and, and somebody, cause, cause these combat examples, a people enjoy listening to them, but in my view, what they do is they, they really highlight, you know, um, the consequence of bad leadership, right? It's right. it's right in your face. You can't hide it. And when it is, okay, we are coming under fire and maybe somebody's got shot, right? That leader, the great leaders are looking at that unemotionally and methodically, okay? Because there is now a process that we need to get through. So one of the examples I use is getting ambushed. Okay. Right? We get ambushed. Okay. Me as the leader. And then we've got guys getting shot. I have the leader have to look at this and understand there are two separate situations at play here. So a great leader is able to see the situation for what it is. Okay. There is a trigger. You've been ambushed. Fear overcomes you. Surprise overcomes you. And now we go to a process. I, my behavior is I'm unemotional and methodical in combat. What is my plan? Okay. I have to separate two different situations. People getting shot, we're getting ambushed. Now I have to prioritize because I cannot deal with both of those things at the same time. Okay. As distasteful as it sounds, my teammates who I love more than anything in the world, they're going to have to wait because we need to fight this fight first. Because only once we get control of the fight, can we effectively get them out of there and save their lives. Okay. okay? So it is the ability again to see things for what they are, not let the emotions overtake you, and then make a very methodical and unemotional plan, separating each situation out, then prioritizing which one do I need to do first. Okay, that is that is what combat leaders learn. Okay, but I would ask you, is there anything different that I just described when I when I walk into my house, right? And my kids, my nine-year-old and eight-year-old are going crazy. And the three-year-old is doing whatever she's doing. My wife just got done with a hard day's work. And I walk in. The easy thing for me to go, everybody shut up. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but, but, you know, if you use the principles of the combat that I just told you, I have to walk in. I've got an emotion. I'm furious that everybody's doing this to my wife who's just trying to get things under control. Right. No, now I have to look at it unemotionally. And say, okay, what's the priority here? Well, the priority is the three-year-old for whatever reason, because she's the one that's, you know, she's the catalyst to everything else that's happening. Okay. <laughs> if I remove her, maybe everybody else will calm down a little bit. But again, so I use that personally, right? I'm not, I don't always get it right. Right. But that's part of the process. Okay. I just came in. I screamed at all the kids to shut up. And then my wife is doing this. Then I have to sit back and reflect and go, okay, that where did that go wrong in the process? Everywhere. Right. I right. didn't recognize my emotion. I didn't establish a, be, a good behavior. I didn't make a plan. I just screamed. Hmm. And it only made it worse. And believe me, I've had many conversations with my wife after I've done that. She'll say, well, what, what's your process? <laughs> what were you thinking during that one? And then I've got to eat some humble pie and go, okay, yeah, that was that one's all me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love the unemotional and methodical. Yep. One of the things I would say in today's world, 
stress, anxiety, depression, overwhelm at all time highs. Gosh, that's more critical now than ever because people are going to be, people are so quick to fly off the handle. Right. Yep. And this can kind of lead into, you know, I, I know you do Wim Hof and, and the cold exposure and those pieces would love to hear a little bit more about that, how that allows you to create that calm, that inner peace and, and things where you can be unemotional, methodical in some yep. stressful situations. Well, look, the, the, the ice bath represents chaos in its most pure form, but something that you, that doesn't have uh, terrible consequences, right? right Obviously there's right. combat examples, that's chaos in its most pure form, but with terrible consequences. The ice bath is chaos in a very pure form once you get in it with no consequences. So you get to practice mm. feeling chaos inside of the ice. You get to practice understanding your emotions. I've got to get out of here. I've got to get right. out of here, right? Whatever it is. You get to practice what the breath can do for you to calm down. You get to practice that, that meditative state that is an active meditative state. If I'm focused on one thing in this chaos, I will get calm. Okay, I will focus on my breath. Now you're focused. Now you are practicing what you can use in that example I just gave walking through the door, right? Oh, I've recognized this anxiety before mm -hmm. in the ice bath this morning. What did I do to get calm? I took a breath. And then I focused my attention on what the steps that I can take to make this situation settle down, right? Just like you do in the ice bath. You get in, you recognize that fight or flight right? That, that sympathetic response, right? You know, your process is to go ahead and find your breath and check your breath. You know, the meditative aspect of it is to understand when your mind goes someplace else, like I got to get out of here. This is the worst thing in the world. Bring it back to my breath, right? It is the same process that you use to be unemotional and methodical in every situation. So the ice bath from a purely performance standpoint, is an invaluable tool. Now, the other thing it does, and I'll give you the 30 seconds, right? We know the ice bath and the Wim Hof breathing. They also serve to exercise our physiology by resetting our nervous system, right? Shooting that, uh, that nervous system up, sympathetic, calming down, parasympathetic. That exercises our nervous system. It clears the inflammation brought on by stress. And what does that do? That allows us to think clearly. So when we have that type of um, that type of behavior, we have that type of thing in our routine where you're constantly clearing your mind, okay, and resetting yourself so you can make good decisions, so you can think about the process to make good decisions. So that's, you know, that's my nutshell in Wim Hof, how I use it personally and use it with clients. And as you know, because you are now an expert at it, because I've seen you get in the ice bath many times, and you're about as good as they come. Um, it can be applied anywhere. No, I, I love that. And I, I love the practice chaos, right? I mean, it's, it's a practice chaos. We yep. can get in and do it. And where can you do that in life? Right. And that's why with, I'm with such zero a, consequence yeah. with zero consequence. That's why I'm such a huge fan of it. It's, and we don't practice. So 
what do you think happens when chaos ensues? You you automatically don't have the skills or the process to 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 go through it. So in truly, times uh, of chaos and stress, you go to what you know. Right? right. The question you have to ask yourself is, what do I know? And if you can't answer what I know, then you're going to go back to learn behaviors that you're not even aware of. Instinctive behaviors. Somebody makes me mad, I lash out. As opposed to somebody makes me mad. Now let me do some thinking here real quick. You know, what's my mission, right? Go into the, this planning phase that we talk about. Right. When you just talked about it earlier, right? People lashing out all the time and, 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 and getting into arguments. If somebody would just stop before they opened their mouth and said, what is my mission? What am I trying to accomplish by launching into this person? They right. wouldn't be able to answer that question. And because they can't answer the question, we get what we get. We get this, this craziness. So yeah, I, I digress, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love that fact. So love the conversation. Errol, where can people find you? Is there anything you've got coming up that people should be aware of that, that might want to jump in based upon this discussion? You know, I appreciate that, uh, Jeff. Uh, Leader193.com. We've got a pretty good comprehensive website. We just launched Leader193 Online Academy. It's a video series off the shelf, super affordable. You can go through my entire leadership process, self-paced. Um, and then we've got here in uh, Colorado, just outside of Aspen, November 11th through the 13th, a kind of wellness and leadership retreat where we will incorporate pretty much everything we just talked about. Wim Hof method, these leadership principles, how to apply them in every aspect of your life. So those are the, those are the big things we got right now. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely check it out. I mean, I'm such a huge fan of Errol's and he's guided me in that ice bath where now <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, pretty adept at it. And he, he challenges and pushes you. And that's one of the great things about his leadership style and his approach and, and guidance. So Errol, appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Jeff. It's always a pleasure to be here. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have an amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to your Hidden Edge podcast. You are now part of the movement, part of a tribe who's on a mission to uncover their hidden edge. We are stronger together. So please share this. Show up with one person in your network that you want to help. Together, we can empower others and connected, we can make a dent in the universe.